This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I don't really I'm not really a doctor. I just play Doctor Online. Oh, boy, I almost screwed that up, didn't I? It's my signature start to the show. It's Everybody expects me to get it right, right? But sometimes, well, you know, I'm human. <laughs> Apparently, I just kind of goof it up once in a while. Uh, let's see. Uh, last week, I talked about uh, a photograph that was part of a meme that's been going around the internets. It was uh, originally shared by... Or at least I saw it shared. I shouldn't say it was originally shared, but I first saw it shared on Facebook by uh, Evan Bernstein. He's he's one of the um, uh, one of the rogues on the uh, one of the one of the hosts of uh, the Skeptics Guide to the Universe podcast, and he posted it, and I used it as an example of the "I know what I saw, no you don't" kind of a thing, because you know you, your brain is creating the reality that you see around you. It's, it's, it's taking the information your eyes are giving you and your ears and your nose and your mouth and the, the, your skin and all that. It's taking all that information in and it's creating this world around you and it's making you fit in it and, and how you understand it. It makes shortcuts, uh, it makes mistakes, and that's why our vision is prone to illusions. And one such illusion was this meme that was shared recently and it shows a photograph of a group of young people having some fun with a little turtle and the the indication on the meme is that it's actually a black and white photo with a color grid placed over the over the photograph which your brain is filling in all the rest of the colors where it's where it's black and white where there isn't any color line going over it it should be black and white and i guess that example, at least that meme, wasn't the best example that's been put forward. And a um, another skeptic, uh, a fairly prominent skeptic, uh, posted that image and said, "Hey, now, guys, uh, these aren't the exact words, but he said this isn't quite what it's it's it's." Uh, showing itself to be. Uh, this is a hoax or a misrepresentation. Uh, there's, this, the reason why it looks color is because it's a color. It's The photograph is color. And that started a discussion. A long thread of people chiming in. Other prominent skeptics. I think everybody through the, uh, the, the, uh, the thread were skeptics. Uh, I put a comment in there. I'm not a prominent skeptic, but, you know, I am a skeptic. And uh, and I'm at least Facebook friends with some of these more prominent ones, more credentialed, and more well-known, that kind of thing, especially among other skeptics. And I, uh, anyway, so I was reading through the back and forth on it, and some people said, well, yeah, it is. You blow it up and look at it, you can see that it's, that within the squares of the grid, it's black and white. But Part of the point that was being made was not exactly inside the square is it completely black and white because this particular image, the the, the color lines of the grid, they bleed off some of the color from the grid, you know, from the lines. They bleed off into that black and white area. So it, the effect is kind of compromised. It's, it looks like it's more colorful than it than it might had the the grid of colored lines been cleanly cut 
You know, no color bleed, no fade into the gray. So it, and so it may not look quite as right. And uh, I got the sense that uh, um, you know, I said, well, nobody's. I, I when I commented, I said, well, nobody's arguing that the effect isn't real. Right? I mean, you put a color grid over a black and white photograph and, you know, and the color goes over certain areas, you might see that area as being that full color. It might be a bit muted, but you still see it as that color. And others were, you know, just, it was just kind of a wrestling back and forth, just a little bit. And uh, one fairly prominent skeptic who does a lot of tech stuff, uh, a lot of debunking of type of text type stuff as well, he, he was able to share some better higher res captures or details of that particular photograph and he said you know set it up it works it's it, it is still gray in the background it's just that here's some that's a better uh image of it and where the there isn't that color bleed off the lines and the effect still works you know just you know put it up on your computer and walk away a little bit and look at it or take your glasses off somebody suggested and you can look at it and you'll see that the color is there and i don't think you really even need to do you know take the glasses off or walk away but the the further you are from it and you can still see the photograph the the stronger the effect uh, and it's it's still an effect one person said that the effect is really isn't all that impressive about what the brain does but Again, I said, you know, as an example of I know what I saw, no, you don't, uh, that's, that's a good example of how our brain can fool us. And part of what I said as well is, you, know, I, you may have noticed this over the last few shows, I brought up, I mentioned this phrase, the principle of charity, and I'm trying to practice that. And, and so then I was doing the same thing here um, in addressing the original point being made that this was a hoax or a misrepresentation, I said, I, I don't see it that way. Uh, whoever made this meme, I have a feeling just grabbed the image, and maybe it wasn't the best resolution image, and, and put on that, you know, your brain is filling in the color, and put that out there, you know, isn't this cool? I have a feeling that the person who put that together, that's what their intent was. This is cool. Look at this. This is cool. It wasn't to put something over on us. If they were trying to put something over on us, us being the other people out on social media, then that would be a hoax. And I, I just think that the person just made a poor choice, was a little sloppy in, in how they did it, and they should have found a stronger image to go with. Uh, you know, and then I, I, I said words to that effect, and then I said, "Remember what Stephen Novella says," and I quoted it, but I may not have gotten the quote exactly right. But Stephen Novella is the host of the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. He says uh, in this idea of of practicing the the principle of charity is that uh, you know do not attribute to malice that which can be explained by incompetence. So in in this case. It was just somebody just grabbed not the best image to show this effect, and I think that's what it was. I don't think they were trying to put something over. I think they were excited about, this is cool, I want to share it, and they put something together and they put it out there. I think that's what it was. Um, I will, on the show notes page for, for Dimland Radio, which you can get to by going to dimland.com, click on the blog option, you'll get to the show notes for this week's show, and you can scroll through other notes for other shows um, I will uh, I'll, I'll, try, I'll put up the uh, the better higher resolution images that were provided and somebody else also uh, provided a link to a site that uh, um, shows some more of this uh, of a similar um, uh, examples of this illusion that our brains are, are susceptible to uh, that uh, so I'll I'll link to that too so you can check it out. Uh, and one thing about the uh, about the thread though, uh, it was it was it was um, it was polite. It was it, nobody called you know nobody called someone else Hitler. <laughs> you know it wasn't it wasn't like that. it was uh, they just were there was a back and forth and so, and I and I think as I look at it I th and as I approach it I think it's more of a Maybe a semantics thing. Some people, and including me, took umbrage at calling it a hoax. I don't think it's a hoax, and I also already told you why. So maybe it's just the limitation of language 
to express it the way that would make more sense. Uh, I think it was an example of just some sloppiness. It was just it was not the best image to use. There are others out there, uh, and but I uh, again, as I said, I think a person who put the meme together and threw it out there on the internet was just excited about this aspect of the human brain and how our vision works and how our brain interprets what it sees. Uh, it thought it was cool and wanted to share it with the world, and I, I think it's that. Um, you know this principle of charity thing. I was I was also thinking about how uh, conspiracy theorists uh, they don't practice the principle of charity. They are, I should say, in general. I don't know. Some might do here and there, but in general, they 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 just the very nature of a conspiracy is there's some malice behind something that's going on so that's what they see everywhere there's a conspiracy everywhere so but it's also in that um they what a what a, what a conspiracy theorist will do is they'll they'll and i'm not an expert on it but what i've seen happen and i from what i've read and my experience is that when any major event takes place and the way things are today with uh, the media coverage being there's the 24-hour news cycle, there's the internet, so news comes around real quick, and it's just constant, and it's, it's all, we got to get something on the air and all that. Back in the days when newspapers were the main news source, or radio or television still, but it wasn't a 24-hour news cycle. It was, you know, when the news comes on in the evening and later on at night, you know, then you'd get these stories. So this was a breaking thing. They might come in on, the, you know, on the on the on the stations. But back in the days when big stories had to be gathered and and put together and sourced and followed up on in newspapers, it would take some time. And I, I've heard uh, 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 there was a local radio guy who would say, you know, when these big events take place and the news is on and it's the 24-hour news cycle and it's the internet and all that you know you should give it a good 48 hours before you start making any kinds of conclusions about what it what the big event was what happened what actually happened how it happened all that because in those initial hours and minutes and in, in that after the event there's going to be that rush to be the first to tell some story the, to give some to break some news even though it might be wrong it's you know that's that's what's going to happen and so you got to be careful but with the conspiracy theorists they grab those first things the mistakes that come out in those first few minutes or hours after a big event like 9-11 when the towers came down i believe there was a reporter on television that said you know it looked like controlled demolition to that person uh which actually no they didn't <laughs> you know the twin towers when they came down they did not come down like controlled demolition. I mean, if you there's lots of videos online of controlled demolition, and uh, none of them of a of a of a of a of a skyscraper start somewhere toward the top of the skyscraper and then work its way down. And if it was, and this is starting to argue some of the conspiracy theorist ideas of of the twin towers being a controlled demolition or you know that kind of thing. It's, 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 I'm starting to argue some of that the their points and it, or against it, and is that you know the towers started to come down right where they were hit by those planes. That's wow. That's some planning. Yeah, one plane hit sort of the corner of the building and it was at an angle, so they would have had to set those charges for the controlled demolition to to happen at the same floors. Where the where the plane had hit the building, and at that angle, and they did the same with the other tower. Except that plane came in pretty much at the flat, you know, right smack straight on, pretty much level with the ground, straight into one side. And so, but you know, it's it just well, I'm not going to go through and debunk all the 9/11 stuff. But when some reporter says looked like controlled demolition, that's what a conspiracy theorist will point at in part of their evidence to you. Oh, yeah, well, so-and-so said. And that was in the minutes and hours after the event where mistakes happen, where the, the misinformation comes out, and you just got to wait. But nope, this conspiracy theorists, they grab that beginning because you know they don't understand that there's incompetence they, or something. They, they, they think they whoever's uh, doing this stuff, the they are really super competent 
except in covering everything up. I don't know. So, so I'm I'm trying to practice the principle of charity, and 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 trying not to see malice behind something and saying, well, probably somebody just screwed up. So, that's uh you know so it that, that was a nice little discussion in that picture. Uh, and, as I said, nobody got angry at each other. It wasn't I don't think there was anybody lost friends or were blocked or anything like that. It was just a, a discussion that took place and on how what we what was initially said about that image when it was said to be a hoax or a misrepresentation if it was a misrepresentation it was an, an it wasn't intentional it was somebody just was sloppy okay um now i don't do this a lot on the show um I, you know i'm an atheist Right? I mean, I do mention that on the show, and sometimes I get into it a little bit, but I, I don't do a lot of it. Uh, but something happened the other day uh, that uh, that got me thinking about, you know, I was going to talk about this uh, in some way, uh, and this was a, a way to get into it that uh, I, I thought would work. Um, my son, Hayden, had, uh, this past Tuesday, went to the Minnesota State Fair. Uh, that is going on right now. It's uh, winding down. It's in its last weekend in Minnesota every summer, uh, and we pretty much look at it. This is the event that is the end of the summer, and most of the United States look at Labor Day as being the last day of summer, and then after Labor Day, the, even though according to the calendar and according to the weather, it's still summer, but uh, it's it's generally thought of as like that. That's it. That's the end of summer, and we're back to work and back to school and all that. My son will be back to school the day after Labor Day. It's just that's just how it goes here in, in Minnesota. And um, and each year the state fair starts off twelve days, including Labor Day. You know, those twelve days it takes place. Where it ends on Labor Day, that's the last day of the of the of the fair. So when that comes around, it's always the kind of, oh, you know, that means summer's over, nearly over, and school starts and all that. So it's kind of a it, it's it's bittersweet, uh, especially if you like going to the fair. Well, my son got to go, and before I get into the meat of this, he had something happen to him, and I don't say this to embarrass him. This is something that everybody has happened to them at some point in their lives, uh, or at least something or something similar to it. Uh, he went with a group of friends. We gave him cash, uh, you know, sixty bucks to bring with him. You know, enough to pay to get in and enough to have some money to you know, get food and do things and and all that. He didn't have to spend all of it, but it was you know he had the money. And uh, so he he gets there with the group that he was going with, uh, paid for his ticket, and they got you know they get into this the fair, and uh, he he pays to get into this haunted house uh, uh, exhibit. Kind of thing is you know it's it's not a real haunted house but it's you know it's one of those fake well <laughs> there is no such thing as a real haunted house <laughs> anyway but it was one of those you know put on amusements and uh, you know he paid for that and then uh, after they went through that they go to get uh, something to eat and he reaches into his pocket to get some more of his money and it ain't there. He said what he figured happened is when he was getting the $5 out to pay to go into the haunted house, he uh, dropped his money. And it's, it, oh, it, that's a sinking feeling, isn't it, when you have that happen? When it was his birthday this past, uh, well, August 1st, that's his birthday, astrologers put your charts away, my boss had given us, uh, given me a, a gift card to the restaurant that we were going to that, that evening. He said, here, you know, let's you know, use this to help pay for the meal. And uh, and I thought I'd lost it when we got to the, to the paying part. You know, I reach in my pocket and it's not there. And it's like, okay, where is it? Now I was able to find it. Just retraced my steps, went back to the car, and it was under the seat in the car. But there's still that feeling, and and it's like, oh man. <laughs> and and so he had that. Um, and at anyway, but after he came home from uh, that first day of going to the fair this year yeah he went a second day he went today so but when he came back tuesday he handed me something he said dad here's something for you and i'll tell you what he handed me when i come back from this break you're listening to dimland radio on the z talk radio network at ztalkradio.com i'm your host jim dr dimfit simmons i shall return after this break please please tell me 
Information. 100% guarantee. Thought you might say that. <laughs> You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z Talk Radio's redheaded stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Those other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. And I am back. Uh, and you're back, or you're still there. Uh, this is Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I was talking about something that my son uh, brought home from the state fair, and he figured I'd be interested in it. Uh, now, uh, as you know, I'm an atheist, and I was I was born into a Catholic family. I was raised Catholic. You know, just happened to be born into the correct religion, the one that's right. Right? That's what everybody thinks. Just happened to be, but uh, it was raised Catholic um, and went to church every Sunday, and that began to taper off as I got into high school. Uh, it tapered off much more as I got into art school, uh, to almost to the point of the just the Christmas and Easter, a good C and E Catholic Christmas and Easter. Uh, but I would still believe in God and pray and that kind of stuff. Uh, and then through my art school years. Less and less, and then as I got out of art school and into the world, and just less and less, and and somewhere in the mid '90s, I started to um, learn about this whole skeptical thing. I, I knew the word skepticism and skeptic and that kind of stuff, but started to learn about the the movement, such as it is, and magazines that are out that are about skepticism and and about people that. Uh, talk about skepticism and critical thinking and, and, and science and that kind of thing. And I started to become more and more interested in that. And I just started to, you know, more questions started to come about, about my religious fervor. And uh, more agnosticism came into things, although everybody's agnostic. Because you, you, you just, you don't, you can't know that there isn't a God or that there is a God. So that, that means you're agnostic, which everybody is, even though the most devout believer or the most devout non-believer, uh, yeah, it's just, you can't know it. You know, that's all that means. It's just a little bit of a weasel word, at least as far as I'm concerned. But an atheist just doesn't believe that there is one. I'm not saying that it just doesn't believe. And and it was, uh, uh, I, I know I've told this before on the show, but uh, Amy and I some years back were watching uh, Penn and Teller bullshit, and there's an episode they do on the damn Bible. And by the end of that episode, Amy, I turned to Amy and I said, we should probably write this day on the calendar. She said, what, why? And I said, this is the day I've, I've realized I'm an atheist. And I don't know when that was. We didn't write it down on the calendar, <laughs> but uh, it was the day I realized it. I just, I can't, I just can't believe this stuff. And once the bell was rung, you couldn't unring it. It's just like this is silly. It just seems silly. Okay. 
So my son hands me this little mini pamphlet. It's this mini, mini pamphlet. And it's, uh, and it's, it's right on the front. It says, have you heard the good news? I'm going to read this to you. Uh, it says, have you heard the good news? You can know for sure that you are going to heaven when you die. Really? I can know for sure. Absolutely for sure. For, for certain. I can know that. I can know that I'm going to heaven. Really? How can I know that? Well, let's read on. When asked the question, where will you spend an eternity, most people say they hope or think they'll spend it in heaven. They're not positive where they will go. 1 John chapter 5, verses 12 and 13 says, He who has the Son has life, and Son is S-O-N, has life. And he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Oh, so the Bible tells me that I can know I'm going to heaven. How does the Bible know? You know and well, because the Bible says it knows. Oh, isn't that circular logic? Isn't that circular reasoning? The Bible is true because the Bible says it's true. So we believe it's true because it says it's true. It says, huh? Okay. It continues. It is a common misconception that by being baptized or doing good works, will you will be guaranteed a place in heaven. Jesus said to John, uh, chapter 3, verse 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay. Uh, it's, it is not what we have done, but what God has done for us that will secure our salvation. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For by the grace... Uh, or, I'm sorry, I'll start that again. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves... It is the gift of God. Eternal life or salvation is a free gift from God. You can't earn it. Wait, wait, a free gift from God. You can't earn it. So, wait a minute. I can't earn it? Wouldn't believing that they're in God and believing that Jesus is the Son of God, isn't that doing something to earn it? Isn't it? I don't know. Uh, it takes more than just believing there is a God to secure salvation. The Bible says that even the demons in hell believe there is a God, and yet they will not be saved. Oh, poor demons. The, answers, uh, the answer is in Romans 10, chapter 10, uh, verse 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and, thou sh and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made through unto salvation. Salvation comes through believing that Jesus is the Son of God and confessing him as Lord. So you can really much do whatever the hell you want, as long as you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and confessing him as the Lord. Because, you know, because that's what they're saying. You don't have you, the deeds. You don't have to live a Christian life. You can just, I just believe in him. I do with all my heart. But I'm still an asshole. If you believe Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for your sins and rose again, you can know for sure that you'll go to heaven. If you pray the prayer below, they provide a prayer, and mean it with your heart, you will be saved and know that you have eternal life, which will be insufferable. To live forever... Wouldn't that not be insufferable? As Christopher Hitchens put it, if you go to heaven, it's a celestial North Korea. You can't die to get out of it. You're stuck. <laughs> I mean, in North Korea, which is a terrible place to live, we, we presume, uh, at least the people who live there can think, well, it's, I can die and I'll, I won't be in North Korea anymore. But then you'll go to heaven and, <laughs> and you, you can't die to get out of that. And it's just, it's just wouldn't it be, it's just, it, an eternity. It's just, at some point, you've got to get bored out of your gourd, don't you? 
I mean, I've done everything. I've been around for 100 million years. It's like, I, I just don't want to be around anymore. You know? I, I would imagine, I think that would happen. So, okay, so this is just, you know, this is one of those things. It's a born-again Christian type is handing them out, trying to save save people, which is part of their religious belief. they got to spread the word and try and save people. And that got me thinking about one of these things. And I've told you this story before, but um, uh, where I work, and this used to happen some years ago, but uh, because it doesn't happen anymore, uh, but the boss's wife used to come into the office twice a month and we would do the time cards together. Uh, now I do the time cards and then we send them back to her and then she, you know, she just can't get to the office anymore. And, and she's a Christian and I believe she's a fairly active churchgoer and praying person, fairly active Christian type, and um, and she knows I'm an atheist. And she, you know, when we would uh, be doing the time cards together, we we might needle each other about uh, you know her believing and my not believing, right? Just little needles back, you know, just tease each other a little bit. And then I was doing the thing that uh, uh, prominent atheist, skeptic, science guy Richard Dawkins, not everybody's cup of tea, but. Uh, Richard Dawkins did have this, uh, as being a prominent atheist, would have this little test. He would he'd give people a little thought experiment. Uh, he would ask people if you believe in certain gods, and he'd list off numbers of gods, like Vishnu, and and, and he'd, he'd go into like Zeus, and Apollo, and Osiris, and things like that. And if the person plays along, answering the questions honestly, chances are pretty good they're going to say no to every one of them. And then he will explain, well, you then you have experience being an atheist. You, there are lots of gods you don't believe in. It's just that an atheist goes one more god. You know, the, the one. The one that we couldn't even come up with a name for. Well, some did, but you know, anyway. It, so that's that experiment. So one day uh, when we were when the boss's wife was over and we were going through stuff and back and forth with a little needling, I did the little experiment with her. At least, and I didn't, it went in a direction I didn't think it would go. And I'm, I'm fairly proud of myself for being able to say what I did say when she responded. You know, it, didn't want, it wasn't one of those moments where you thought of it later. <sighs> Don't you hate that? You, know, you think of the good comeback, you think of the good thing to say later, but luckily I had it right there. It just came to me. So I was doing, I was listing off these other gods, and I started mentioning, you know, Odin, Thor, Osiris, you know, and she says, well, that's mythology. And I looked at her and I said, it wasn't to the people who believed in it. Which, the, the people who believed in Odin and Thor and that, they believed as devoutly as anybody today believes in God and Jesus and all that, or Allah and whatnot. And they just, they do. And... You know, it's just it's time and the changes of attitudes and the the dominance of different religions has made us look at this as, as mythology and we think, well, you know, how silly it is to believe that there are several different gods and all that. Of course, we know there's only one. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, it's the same thing. And when I said that to her, it just it it just stopped her. She just looked at me like it just just for a second. It was just that, just that moment where she was open to the possibilities, I think. She hadn't thought of that. Like, and, and it's just the, the, the idea probably popped in her head that, you know, a couple thousand years from now, when everybody's believing in, in you know, Elvis as God, you know, of the, the perpetually sequined jumpsuit, you know, they're going to they're gonna look back and say, you know, those people back then, they believed in this one God with a son named Jesus and all that. They believed in that. Oh, how silly of them. Don't they know it's Elvis? You know, I mean, why not? But then she quickly recovered. <laughs> I don't know exactly how she responded after that, but I just looked at this little look on that face. I just went, I took that and went, yeah, okay. I, I hit a point there, uh, which I thought was cool. So that brings me to this other aspect of this pamphlet. This is just a tiny little pamphlet. Uh, there's a prayer. It, does, it says in here, you might recall, I said that if you say this prayer, and it's a prayer to bring, you know, to secure your spot in heaven. But you have to mean it when you say it. So I'm going to read you the prayer, and I don't mean it. Uh, God in heaven, I know I'm a sinner, and I need your help. 
I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is your son, that he died on the cross for my sins, and God raised him from the dead. Jesus, right now, I open my heart and invite you to come in. Make yourself real to me. Take control of my life. Keep me from evil and make me the person you want me to be. Be my Lord and Savior. Amen. Now, I didn't mean that, so that's not going to happen. It's like inviting a demon into your house. Come on in, demon. Come on. I do mean that. <laughs> well, there are no demons. You know, it's, Jesus is just, you know, if he did exist, he's dead now and he's just dead. There's no God. At least I don't believe there is. Yeah. So, I, I, I've been wanting to kind of do this because I see people do this, you know, espousing the greatness of God and Jesus and all that stuff. And I think, you know, they should try something. And maybe that will help. At least it might give you, the, this is the perspective of what it sounds like to an atheist when they hear that. Or at least what it sounds like to this atheist when they hear somebody going on about God and Jesus and whatnot. Or any of the other religions. So I did a little rewrite of this prayer. I'm not going to read the entire thing. But uh, just go with me here. Dumbledore in Hogwarts. I am a sinner and I need your help. I believe in my heart that Mad-Eye Moody is your son and that he died on the cross for my sins. And Dumbledore raised him from the dead. Mad-Eye Moody... Right now, I open my heart and invite you to come in, etc., etc. Now, I'm, I know that's a little snarky. I'm being a little flippant. But really, how is that different? I mean, I'm telling you, that's what it sounds like to this atheist. When I hear that talk, I, that's what I sound like. Or, or, if you want, if you don't want to go Dumbledore and Hogwarts and Mad-Eye Moody, you could go Odin, Asgard, and Thor. People actually did believe in those gods and that heavenly place people believed in that at some point in our in the human history they don't now oh maybe there's a few people somewhere you know this seven and a half billion people we got living on a planet maybe there's a few that still believe in the norse gods but it's i mean just plug in anything plug in santa claus and the easter bunny and oz you know just plug in anything that you want it's to an atheist. It's the same thing. I hope I haven't insulted you that much. I know if you believe, you believe, and I'm not going to try and talk you out of it. I'm just giving you an idea of what it sounds like to an atheist when, or at least to this atheist when I when I hear people going on about the greatness of God and all that stuff. Okay, I've gotten to my second break already, and uh, so. Um, just sit tight. I'll be back. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network, and I am your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. The Earth is only 6,000 years old. That's what Answers in Genesis and the Creation Museum say. And how can a museum be wrong? Isn't Dr. Oz just wonderful? I love today's episode. It didn't talk down to his adoring audience of women at all. Science has proved that the subatomic quantum realm is as real as it is counterintuitive and bizarre. Therefore, I can use it to support quantum healing and quantum consciousness. After all, how can journals like Aquarius Metaphysics be wrong? Evolution is just a theory. After all, if we came from monkeys, then why are there still monkeys? We all have friends and family who believe these things and much more. Well, if you're a rational thinker who is tired of arguing on social media and never getting anywhere, we have a solution for you. Join the Gorilla Skepticism Wikipedia team and we will teach you how to add reliable scientific and skeptical information to the world's number one source of information, Wikipedia. We write new articles and improve existing ones. We remove pseudoscience, paranormal and alt-myth claims substituting the actual facts. 
and we operate in many languages. We've already reached tens of millions of people searching for information, but as you can imagine, we can never do enough. So please join us. All you need is a PC and the desire to help educate the planet. In fact, you'll be educating the world while you sleep. Contact us at gsowteam at gmail.com. Guerrilla Skepticism. The time is now. Music by purpleplanet.com. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Station identification. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the uh, Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, and I've got one of these. It's time for another Dimland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim? Well... Uh, this is an easy one. It might be a little too easy, but... And and you'll get it almost immediately as to what my pedantry is on this thing. But I thought it would be an opportunity to talk about some stuff about uh, movies or about Hollywood a little bit. And um, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's from a video I saw on the YouTube. I was just kind of scrolling around on YouTube and I've saw a headline and thought, oh, that sounds like an interesting video. It's only about, I think it was less than 10 minutes. I think I'll watch that or a five-minute video or something like that. And I, uh, um, it's posted by somebody or something uh, that calls themselves Listopedia. I don't believe it's one of those organizations that create videos, you know, like BuzzFeed or looper or watch mojo you know like that that these people they those organizations or entities create videos watch mojo does one every day uh in which they have a production staff a narrator and you know i'm sure they have an editor who helps you know and fact checkers and things like that and uh, uh but this one i think it's just one person that puts these together there's a couple reasons why and uh, one being that they kind of missed the whole thing, the whole aspect of it. And I think an editor would find that. And then there's uh, something that they include in here that I don't... I, I'm pretty certain that BuzzFeed or Looper or Watch Mojo or any of the other organizations out there would not do. I'll, it'll become clear as I get into it. Uh, this was originally posted on YouTube on uh, November 21, 2015, which happens to be my wife's birthday. Astrologers, put your charts away. And it's had, uh, as of when I saw this uh, Wednesday, it's had over 4.4 million views. And the video is titled, 10 Actors Who Died on Set. I thought, ooh, that sounds interesting. I'm kind of into the... The, that kind of stuff, <laughs> and so I I started watching it. So and for some reason they put it in a top ten, you know, a ten down to one thing. But I don't know what kind of criteria they used or anything. It didn't seem to make sense. I think they were just listing off ten. They could have just done it that way. But okay, I'll do it in the way they 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 did this. So these are ten actors who died on set, and you're and you're probably already getting what the pedantic moment is. You're probably already cluing into it, but you will certainly very quickly. Number 10, Martha Mansfield. Now, who the hell is that? Well, she was in the, the silent era of movies, and uh, she, uh, she was uh, 24 when she died. It was 1923. Uh, what happened was uh, she had finished filming her... Uh, 
shoots for that particular day and so she went up and was sitting inside a car and a bunch of other people were hanging around the car or in the car with her and they're having a little party uh, on, you know, just just uh, away from where the filming is still going on. In the silent days you could do that. You didn't have to be quiet quiet on the set. So you know they're doing that and somebody lit a cigarette and was not very careful with their match which fell into her costume which she was still wearing which happened to be pretty flammable and she went up in, in flames uh, she was um, she was uh, um, she was brought to the hospital and she died the next day not on set she was in the hospital she wasn't on set huh see see where I'm going okay all right because this is going to inform the rest of the list number nine Tyrone power uh, he was a uh, you might have heard that name but he was um, uh, he, he, he died in 1958 at the age of 44. He was uh, kind of an action hero actor kind of guy, but a very uh, romantic lead character, very good-looking guy. And according to this video, anyway, he was uh, he was one of Hollywood's uh, uh, good you know he was a good swordsman in movies. He'd do these swashbuckling movies where he'd do a lot of sword fighting, and I, apparently he was very good at it. Uh, he was uh, his wife had told him uh, during the production on a particular film, uh, the last one he was working on, uh, that he should slow down. He's, he's 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 working too hard. Well, he had a heart attack on the set, and on the and he died on the way to the hospital, not on set. On the way to the hospital, uh, Red Fox. Now, you've heard of Red Fox, have you not? He's a comedian. He's African-American. Uh, he died in 1991 at the age of 54. No, he was 68. Sorry, 68. I looked ahead. Uh, 1991, he was 68 years old. He was uh, He's probably best known for playing the lead character in the 70s sitcom Sanford and Son. Uh, he did stand-up comedy. And he worked kind of blue, you know, dirty. Uh, he had that reputation, but uh, anyway, so he was he was uh, Fred Sanford on Sanford and Son, which actually, his his actual last name was Sanford. Just a little fact there for you. Uh, he was uh, in an interview on a set. He was doing some rehearsing for some performance he was going to do. And he was on. He was being interviewed and he uh, took ill, had a heart attack, and he, he died that night in the hospital. Not on set. Number seven, Roy Kinnear. It was 1988 that he died, and he was 54. Now, Roy Kinnear might not be a name that that uh, jostles any memories for you, but uh, he was a character actor. He was British. He worked in a lot of comedy. Uh, he was in um, um, he was in Help, one of the Beatles films. He worked with Richard Lester quite a lot. Richard Lester was a director who directed Help and a day, uh, Hard Day's Night. I don't think Kinnear was in a Hard Day's Night, but he might have been. But he was in, he was also in Three Musketeers and Four Musketeers in the 1970s. Those were directed by Richard Lester, and uh, you would probably recognize uh, um, uh, Kinnear best as uh, as the father of Veruca Salt in the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory film. You know the one with Gene Wilder. So if you remember the bratty kid that wanted everything, her father, that was, he was played by Roy Kinnear. Um, he died uh, when. Um, the, he was filming the the a sequel to the uh, the Three Musketeers and Four Musketeers. It was called The Return of the Musketeers, and uh, he had fallen off a horse, broken his pelvis, went to the hospital. He suffered a heart attack, and he later died in the hospital, not on set. He died the next day after falling off the horse. Uh, number six, John Ritter. You know that name. He was Jack Tripper on the uh, on the terrible sitcom, but very popular, uh, Three's Company, in which any one character at any point in the show could have just said one sentence and stopped the whole madcapness. It was always this, somebody misunderstood something. And they just needed somebody to say, whoa, here, this is what it meant. Oh, that's what you did? Oh, okay, no problem. But then it wouldn't be a comedy. Anyway, he went on to, do, uh, to be in another sitcom, uh, in the 2000s called uh, you know 350 million rules for banging my daughter uh, something like that and uh, he was on set they were rehearsing or film taping or whatever they were doing and he started he took ill and he ended up going to the hospital and had a heart attack and he died in surgery and they don't do surgeries on television studio sets 
they do him in hospital, so he died not on set. Number five, Clark Gable. This is the biggest stretch on this entire list. This is a real stretch that this guy went through. Clark Gable died at the age of 59 in 1960. He, his last film was The, the Misfits. Was it also Marilyn Monroe's last film, the last film she completed. She started work on another film before she died, but this was the last film she completed. And uh, but uh, you know, so Clark Gable lost some weight uh, prior to production, you know, for the role. And uh, the person who put this video together was trying to make some kind of connection that that loss of weight uh, taxed his his physical uh, you know, system. And and after two days after filming com was complete, filming's complete. The, the the movie is in the hands of the director and the editor now. The actor is no longer involved. They're done. So it's two days later. Clark Gable has a heart attack, goes into the hospital. He's in there 10 days in the hospital. And after 10 days in the hospital, he died. Not on set. I mean, that was a way stretch. Way stretch. Number four, Jean Harlow. She was an actor back in the 1930s. Uh, she was 28 when she died. She died in 1937. Uh, she was a, a comic actor, and she was one of those blonde bombshell types. And um, uh, she was uh, filming something. She was complaining about feeling sick. And uh, she went to see a doctor. And the doctor treated her like a child, like they kind of did in those days. And I think sometimes men doctors toward women still have a little bit of that. Uh, and so that doctor said to her, oh, you're, you're, you're just, you got a little bug or something. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. So she goes back to work. The next day, she complains about not being able to see properly. And she takes even worse ill. They take her to the hospital where she goes into a coma. And she dies later that day, not on set. Uh, number three, I'm going to skip. I'm going to get to that one at the end. And you'll understand why when I do. Number two, John Eric Hexum. Uh, I never heard of him either, but he was a young actor who died in 1984. He was, I think it's 84. Yeah, that's what I got there. Might have been 94. Um, I'll correct it if it's if it's wrong. But he died on the set of, uh, well, not on the set. He was uh, working on a television series. And uh, I've heard actors say that uh, they get paid not for acting. They get paid for waiting. Because uh, a lot of their job is just, you know, when they're making films and TV shows, they're waiting for stuff to be set up. And the cameras and the lighting and everything to be set. And he was having a long day of waiting, and he was just told that, well, it's, the day's going to be a little longer because we're still, you know, there's more waiting to do. And then, so he started joking around and say, oh, well, kill me now or something like that. I don't know if he said that, but he picked up a prop 44 Magnum, which is a real 44 Magnum, loaded with blanks. He put it against his head, pulled the trigger. The blank had enough force to bust a piece of his skull and drive it through his brain which he went to the hospital and later died not on set he died six days after six days later after uh shooting himself on accidentally shooting himself uh and then number one brandon lee who died in 1993 at age 28 he'd uh he had been accidentally shot on set uh, he was there was the show the movie crow which i've never seen he plays some kind of zombie or something like that. Uh, and he got... It was a blank. It was a gun filled with blanks, but there was a fragment of a bullet in the barrel. And that got projected into his abdomen. Uh, he went to the hospital, and he died later that day. Everybody, not on set. Okay, number three is Vic Moreau. Vic Moreau, was, he died in 1982 on the set of the Twilight Zone movie. He actually died on the set. He was 53. Now, here's the other reason why I know this video wasn't put together by a organization. Because there wasn't somebody to say, no, 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 don't show that full clip. Because there's video of the tragedy, of the accident that took the lives of, of Victor Moreau and these two child actors who were playing Vietnamese children. Uh, they died as well. You see, the part of, uh, of the Twilight Zone movie that he was working on... Um, it was, it, you know, it, it was, um, it's an anthology movie. Uh, mo there's like five stories in there, four stories in it. Uh, only one of them was not based on a Twilight Zone show. 
uh, it was so this was the one with Victor Monroe. He was playing a racist jerk, anti-Semite. He's a real asshole. He's in a bar and he's spewing all this hate toward these people. And then he leaves the bar, steps into the Twilight Zone, and he, and he goes through time and space. He goes back to these time periods where he is the person that he's spewing that hate at. He becomes what he hates. And that and that hatred is comes after him. So he he he's in Nazi Germany. He's a Jew, and he's trying to evade you know German soldiers trying to take him in and send him to a concentration camp. And he's bouncing around through time. And one of those bits is the Vietnam War. And the scene that was being done being uh, directed by um, uh, that's that segment of the of the movie because several directors worked on the film. They each worked on one story. John Landis worked on that one, and he wanted, he was just bowling right through it. He just was like, I don't care, you know, about the regulations and stuff. I want to push, I want it real, I want it to look good. And so he had Victor Moreau actually doing the carrying these two kids. It wasn't a stunt person. And they're on this outdoor set, it's all set up, flames are going up in the background, there's a helicopter flying overhead. And and there's Moreau walking through water. He's going through this water up to his chest, and he's got these two kids in his arms. And the helicopter, uh, the timing of the pyrotechnics and the helicopter's positioning did not work right. And one of the uh, one of the explosions comes up and takes out the rear rotor of the of the of the helicopter, and it crashes. Um, now the guy says it lands on the three actors, but no, it didn't land on them. Uh, the pro the prop of the helicopter, the big one. Went right through them, and it, you 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 know. So if you if you watch the video, the guy includes that sequence. No place, you know, Buzzfeed would not include that sequence. They might show some of the video, but not that part of it. So if you do watch the video, when I share it on the uh, on the on my show notes page, when you get to the three minutes thirty seconds point, skip ahead to three minutes thirty six seconds. You won't see that aspect. Now there's no blood, there's no viscera, there's no bodies coming apart. You see just see water splash, but you do see that that blade goes right through them. So here is actually a guy who did die on set. So of the nine of the ten, one of them did. Um, John Landis, I, I think he continued to work after that. There was lawsuits and there was cr criminal charges. He was acquitted. Uh, there were settlements for the lawsuits. Uh, Spielberg stopped his working with Landis. He used to work with him before, but he had stopped after that. And, you know, all that. But anyway, this was not ten actors who died on set. Uh, but I guess calling it four actors who fell ill on set and then later died in the hospital. Four actors who had accidents, uh, one of them then had a heart attack and then later died in the hospital, uh, uh, later died in the hospital, and one actor who fell ill after filming was completed and died in the hospital and not on set at all, uh, and one actor who actually died on set is kind of a long title. So, yeah, <laughs> that's a, uh, it's that yeah. If you're kind of squeamish about the video thing, yeah, skip. Remember three three minutes thirty seconds in. Skip it to three minutes thirty six, and you won't you won't see that little bit. But uh, anyway, yeah. Good night, Frau Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Oh, I made it to the end of another show, and I didn't get to some of the things I was going to get to. Hey, that means I've got stuff that'll carry over to next week. That's awesome. Uh, you've been listening to Di oh, be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network, and I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfitson, is reminding you all to sleep with the lights off. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option. And you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell.